back, everybody, to this bonus episode for Drunk Bible Study 130, normal edition. This is the bonus edition. I don't know. I haven't quite figured out how to introduce this as good as Emily does. Drunk Bible Study bonus edition. Here we are. This is, yes, this is Drunk Bible Study bonus edition for episode 130, normal edition. Because Uh, if you, like (laughs) us, need a little bit more... Uh, intel on what is happening in each of these episodes then Mm -hmm. this is the show for you this is the bonus show for you the bonus show for you yes yeah uh dedeker is just shaking her heads at us heads all of them shaking all of her heads let me just start with a disclaimer that for some reason today specifically all of us have ended up just tipsy enough to be really incompetent we've really struggled to pull together even this bonus episode so just bear with us and and forgive us i mean it's right there in the title of the show so hopefully you came in with forgiveness in your hearts already yeah for sure okay (laughs) guess what i looked up a bunch of stuff about isaiah Okay. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I, I don't, the, the problem is, and not the problem, but we're going to get way more of Isaiah in an entire book eventually. Yep. I'm not quite sure where, but there is a question of how many Isaiahs are there, really? In the world. Controversial you issues in the, in the Bible. book of Isaiah. Yeah. Or in the world. In, in both. I mean, is in there, the Bible. Is there a chance that the Isaiah we encounter today was not... The one. The one. I think I think it is the one, but there's a question of how many Isaiahs are there that wrote the book of Isaiah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I think the prerequisite is that you have to be named Isaiah in order to write <laughs> okay. in the book of Isaiah. Right. But there's actually a website called searchisaiah.org. All things Isaiah. And what's it Hold about? On. Is it just like searching for quotes from Isaiah or, or like... Well, like a bunch of stuff about uh, compiling the book of Isaiah background to the multiple authorship theory. And basically what I found out is that there are potentially three Isaiahs who wrote the book of Isaiah and maybe who would be of interest to us eventually. Proto-Isaiah, Deutero-Isaiah, and Trito-Isaiah. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Yeah, and I'm just going to say like where they fall into line, and I'm not going to go beyond that. But proto-Isaiah is the uh, Israel is partially occupied, Judah is threatened and trying to appease the Assyrians. So that would be this Isaiah. This this one. This one is proto-Isaiah Prime. Proto. Isaiah Prime. Shit. We're getting back into this. That's Isaiah Prime. Okay. Yes. Deutero Isaiah is Israel and the lost 10 tribes have been taken north. Judah is captive in Babylon. And Jace, you alluded to this, so I'm not going to say that it's a spoiler yeah, because you alluded to it. Future. Yeah. Yes. But, but that and might Trito. be a different Isaiah, is what we're saying? Yeah, Deutero. Oh, so that would so wow. be Isaiah 1. Yeah, Deutero, Deuteronomy Isaiah. And then Tritoronomy Isaiah, Trito Isaiah is Judah returns to the land of Israel to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I just want to say that Isaiah does show up in the Quran. Um, He appears frequently as a prophet in Islamic sources, such as, oh gosh, Kisas al-Abanir and Tafsir. Okay. 
I don't know. It just says that he is accepted as a prophet by other Islamic sources um, and modern scholars. And he basically is the person who predicted the coming of Jesus and Muhammad, although the reference to Muhammad is disputed by other religious scholars. Of course. So, right. I see. Yes. So it's like, like Dedeker was saying during the episode that if you're a Christian, then Isaiah is taught as prophesying Christ coming. Yes. But if you're a Jew, then he potentially was prophesying either someone in the very near future, like Hezekiah, or not even the near future, like maybe he pre- prophesied that, or... Or a Messiah that's yet to that's come. That's yet to come. There you go. And then in Islam, apparently, also he also prophesied Muhammad. So Muhammad. That's, that's interesting, yeah. Yes. Huh. I guess that's and... the thing with prophecies, right? They're always just vague enough that it yeah. kind of depends where you come down on whether they've been satisfied or not. Exactly. I mean, I will never be satisfied. So and he's played by Lin Manuel Miranda. So it's there perfect. You go. perfect. Okay. There it's you perfect. go. And it says that Isaiah's narrative in Islamic in Islamic literature can be divided into three sections. Oh boy! Which okay. are what we just talked about. Boy, got it. The first okay. establishes Isaiah as a prophet of Israel during the reign of. Hezekiah, what is it? Hezekiah. Hezekiah. <laughs> yeah. The second relates to Isaiah's actions during the siege of Jerusalem, and the third warns of the nation's coming of doom. So okay. coming of doom. Yikes. Okay. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. So there we go. Um, it's parale- paralleling the Hebrew Bible. Okay. But basically, there's a lot of intensity happening. Yeah. With this Seems man. that way. Seems that way for sure. Yeah, He's and he kind of guy. goes through through like a trilogy. He is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and right now we're in Fellowship of the Ring for him. <laughs> right. But eventually yeah. we're gonna get to two towers and then finally Return of the King. So <laughs> And all of those will be in the book of Isaiah. Good luck. Is what you're saying? Yes. So we're gonna kind of recap what's happening right now. It sounds like in Chronicles we're gonna recap this stuff as well. Yeah. Which is interesting because we well no there was a time at which we recapped a lot these books right. Yeah. We used to kind of a lot re- of the books would like recap stuff. the previous book. Yeah. You know the well, previously on kind of thing. But Isaiah, I, Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah is gonna do more of that. Okay. So cool. ha- have fun, everyone. Something to look forward to. Got it. Uh, so I did some research on this this section where uh, was it again? Where um, I don't know. <laughs> where the Assyrians come and they talk all that smack about Israel. Yes, when Rob was, Schneider, it was Rob, Rob Schneider. Schneider comes. Yes, yeah. and yeah. there was that thing where the the Israelites, I guess judahites maybe because they're the kingdom of judah at that time but they come out and they're like hey yo like why don't you talk to us in assyrian instead Mm -hmm. of in the jews language is what our translation said but instead of in hebrew Mm -hmm. and they were like no i want everyone to hear and so i looked up there's not a lot of information about that request but there are some bible commentaries through the years and essentially they vary from talking about something like what what I would have interpreted, which is this guy is making all these threats and they don't want the normal people to hear it because they don't want yes. them to get upset by it or, or whatever. Persuade. They Yeah, don't want him to persuade him or whatever. And then also they kind of threw in that maybe this was actually not said by, uh, what's his name, the guy that we like, 
um, gosh, where is his name here? Hezekiah. That it was not said by Eliakim, but maybe uh. instead it was Shebna who said this, who's more of a wimp, I guess is what they're implying. I don't know what okay. the deal is. But then I found this one commentary that was pretty fantastic. It's from uh, 1859 is the source, but I think this commentary is even older. And it said that the reason why the legates desire Rabsakes, all the names are different, Rob-sakes. not to speak in a language which the common soldiers understood was to prevent them from shewing their indignation by shooting at him or Whoa. out of fear lest they be induced to cause oh. some sedition. Interesting. Okay, so that's this, a different like, interpretation. Yeah, maybe it's more to protect this guy. But then I read other ones that's like they actually did it to get him to yell more loudly because they wanted to make a show of him. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. A lot of people had different things. But this led me to my real search, which was that when I was looking at this in the different commentaries, they refer to this language differently. That in some of them, they call it Assyrian. In others, they call it Babylonian. In others, mm-hmm. they call it Aramean. Like, huh. it's it's different translations call this language a different thing. And so I was like, what's this all about? And in searching it, I found, so the Aramaic language was actually a dialect of what was called the Akkadian language. And the Akkadian language is essentially the, the main language of which there were a lot of dialects that we, that are relevant to our story, specifically... It's that Babylonian is a dialect of Akkadian, and so is Assyrian. So both of these kingdoms that are conquering Judah and Israel speak essentially the same language, just a different dialect. dialect. And this Akkadian language, if you remember back from your like high school world history courses, when you learned about cuneiform, do you remember learning about that? was like one of the like earliest the writing right? styles. earliest form of writing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was kind yeah. of like hieroglyphics a little bit. Okay. It was sort of like hieroglyphics. Like kind of iconographic, right? It, it was sort of from iconographic to then like an abstraction based on the iconographic right. because it was chiseled into stone tablets. Well, I mean, that's what our alphabet is. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Similar kind of idea. Uh, but so this is... I think that the oldest, one of the oldest forms of writing, at least, that have been found because it was chiseled into stone. So the earliest known inscriptions are from like 2450 BC. Old. Very old, right? This part we're reading now is maybe 800 BC. So way before that, right? Uh, Much, much older. And uh, the Code of Hammurabi that you probably yeah. also learned about in history, that was, was written in, uh, in Babylonia. Wasn't, isn't that a thing? I think I saw that in the Louvre. Oh, maybe. Yeah, uh, possibly. I don't know. Uh, but But anyway, that was written in Old Babylonian, which is related to, at this point, they would have been speaking probably Neo-Babylonian and Neo-Assyrian. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those young kids. And then yeah. apparently Babylonian died out around like 100 AD. So this is kind of, this language is sort of, seems like it's on its way out in a way, that it's going to slowly peter out toward toward the time of zero. Okay. Toward the zero. Anyway, I just thought that was cool, that Akkadian yeah, is sort of the, a, the mother language of this. 
What a deep dive you went on. I did I not really go did. on as deep of a dive. <laughs> I feel a little embarrassed and ashamed. Oh, no. Dear. Uh, yeah, I looked up the Nehushtan, which was Hezekiah's kind of uh, derogatory term for that bronze serpent. Oh, right. And I have looked this up before, you know, way back when this original story happened with Moses kind of creating the bronze serpent and saving people from the fiery snakes. I also looked this up. Um but this time I'm, you know, kind of looking for slightly different things. And what's kind of funny is in the Wikipedia for the term Nehushtan, they talk about alternative translations and they specifically call out Eugene Peterson, who they say, <laughs> oh, shit. quote, created a loose paraphrase of the mm-hmm. Bible as yeah. the message. Wow. Um, I would yeah. say that's fairly I accurate. I know. I know. Poor um, baby. <laughs> so the interesting thing, what I found in some biblical commentary you know, I guess we were caught a little bit by surprise that Hezekiah takes this sacred object that did save a lot of Israelites and is like, yeah. no, I'm destroying it because you're lighting incense to it and not being sure, ooh, gosh, is Yahweh going to be happy about that or not happy about that? And turns out very happy about that because of the fact that this object had become an idol, mm, even right. though it was an object supposedly ordained by Yahweh or that was a sign of Yahweh's power. That I thought when that people Yahweh started worshiping, had commanded him to make it in the first basically, place. Basically, yes, yeah. yes, yes, he did. However, this is an interesting talking point. I think that is still relevant even to like modern day evangelical Christianity, because often there is a lot of talk about how even if we're Christians, we can still idolize certain aspects of the faith, as in kind of put undue importance or attention on certain aspects of it. So, for instance, making a, a church leader, an mm. idol, making a yeah. particular pastor an oh, idol, making a particular okay. form of worship an idol. Or there's the very real life examples of, you know, something that shows up a lot in the Catholic faith, which is like, um, what is it, like reliquaries and, and like, like sacred objects, and, yeah, icons, totally. or like yeah. this is this is like the finger bones of Saint Eustasio or right, whatever. Right. And we're going to treat that as super sacred that at least in Christianity and evangelical Christianity, there's very much this emphasis on like, no, 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 we got to take our emphasis away from that. And case in point, I literally saw on social media among my few Christian friends, you know, kind of some talk from some more progressive Christian leaders saying that like, you know, in 10 years time or 20 years time, we're going to look back at this time in the church and realize like, huh, wow, a lot of people in the church really made an idol out of, let's say, Donald Trump for instance, (laughs) you know, it kind of had this like misplaced obsession and worship of an object of a person rather than their actual faith. So anyway, uh, bronze serpents, don't (laughs) worship them. Don't light incense. Don't light incense to Donald Trump, especially please. If you're doing that, I just, why are you still here? Um, Right. (laughs) Why are you still listening to this show? Surely we would have offended you away at this point. (laughs) Yeah, probably for sure. So that's what I got. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. Well, we are down to the last two episodes of this lovely year that has been 2020. And by lovely, lovely I mean, what yikos. A word for it. Yikos. <laughs> yikos. Um, thank you for sharing this year with us. Thank you for like sticking with us. And we're excited to move past Kings, both of those Kings and move into Chronicles with you. So we'll see you next week for the remaining two episodes. See ya.